WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshall guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. That's you. It's me. <laughs> I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Oh, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman. Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth. Very Charlie Becky, you ready? I gotta tell you that uh, it was really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're gonna be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> we have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk, a very rainy Labor Day. A very rainy Monday night. Nevertheless, we have an action-packed show as we are the, what are we, just a couple of hours until primary day, primary, uh, all polls open tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The excitement begins. Uh, we have some, some great guests this evening on the radio program as we are on the eve of the state primary. Uh, joining us in a couple of moments after traffic is Sandra Wright. Uh, Plymouth County Commissioner, she'll chat with us and we'll get caught up as to everything going on in the, uh, on in the county, in Plymouth County. It's kind of the county update. Uh, after Sandra, we have uh, State Senator Mike Brady. He'll pop by as he had a, a special get-together over the weekend. We'll, we'll learn more about that. Hour number two. Hour number two exclusively. We have uh, Jared Valenzola. You recognize that name, right? Very ominous name. He's actually a Plymouth County Commissioner. Commissioner. <laughs> and, he, and he also has uh, a show on Wednesday nights, the JV team. He'll be here, as will the Plymouth County Treasurer, Thomas O'Brien. He'll be here. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to take a look at the ballot. We're going to take a look at some of the folks who are in the, in the area from uh, gubernatorial candidates, tenant governor candidates, folks running for uh, Senate, state Senate. State representative, Congress, you name it. We are, we're gonna, we'll cover it all, at least in an hour. So that's that's coming up in just a bit. Uh, we'll check traffic in a moment. But joining us just for a couple of moments, uh, not sure if anybody knows, but this Saturday is uh, it's Join Scouting Day, September 10th. This is for, uh, for Cub Scouts. Joining us right now is Rob DeFazio. He is um, the membership and unit service executive of the Mayflower Council, just to kind of give us a couple of moments as to the importance of uh, joining scouting. Rob, welcome to the show. Kevin, thank you for having me on. It's been way too long, my friend. It has. It has indeed. Uh, tell us a little bit. Give us a, a, a very brief synopsis about the, the formation of the Mayflower Council and uh, what the importance of September 10th this Saturday is. So the Mayflower Council is a uh, combination. It was a merger, a result of a merger that took place 
around 2017 between the Knox Trail Council, which covers more of the Stowe and Ashland and out towards Foxborough area, and the old Colony Council, which any scouter on the South Shore knows that was the council for a long time. And they merged and formed the Mayflower Council, which now consists of about 63 communities from Stowe, Massachusetts, all the way down to Plymouth. And this Saturday is Joint Scouting Day. It's our big recruitment effort uh, to go back to school with scouting. And each community in our uh, footprint is going to be having a membership event in the community on September 10th, where people can come out and learn more about their local pack and troop, meet their leadership, meet some of the kids, and learn how much fun Cub Scouting can be, uh, which is ideal for kids from kindergarten to fifth grade. And, and scouting, has, scouting has become gender neutral as well, correct? It has. The majority of our packs are now family packs, and they actually also have family dens. Our mission statement has always been to prepare young people for their future, and part of that includes being inclusive. So we now welcome young men and young women into our programs. So let's, uh, and if folks want to volunteer, and it's not just necessarily getting the kids involved, you also look for volunteers, look for parents to get involved and, and be a part of the effort too, Yes. We are volunteer-driven, Kevin, so yes, we absolutely encourage parents to get involved. I had such a great scouting experience as it was, but what made it even better was my dad was involved, and we had such a great bond from that, and uh, I actually have so many good memories of that, even though my dad has passed uh, over the past few years. Uh, and I attribute a lot of that towards our scouting experience. It, it made us a uh, stronger father and son. But we highly encourage parents to get involved because without volunteers, our packs can't run. All right, here's the punctuation at the end of the sentence. If folks want to find out more information about this Saturday, want to find out more about scouting, they're already kind of there. We'll get the hook in their mouth now. How can they find but, out more information? org. There is a town-by-town listing of when the town's Joint Scouting Day event is taking place, where it's taking place in the times, and uh, it's going to be a great Saturday. The weather looks beautiful. Hopefully you don't have to canoe your way down to go check things out when it comes to Cub Scouting. And we're really looking forward to meeting new families and welcoming them to the scouting experience. It's worth noting that uh, Rob and Aaron Christian, who is also part of the, the Mayflower Council, will be on this Friday at 8.15 with Rob Hackle. So if you missed this uh, or you want to hear, it's going to be probably more of a robust uh, in a conversation. I, I ask you to tune in and hear Rob and Aaron this coming Friday. Rob, thank you again for joining us. Kevin, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Rob DeFazio, membership and unit service executive for the Mayflower Council for uh, Scouting. If this thing called civilization was going to end, I think it would have ceased during one of the two world wars. My grandparents never gave up. They worked and lived till the bitter end, which wasn't bitter at all. Actually, it was sweet. Their life was sweet. I want my life the same. I want to work, coach my kid's soccer team, go out to eat after, and then come home to my bed where I can rest my bones. Then get up and do it all again tomorrow. That's what I want. That's what I'm working for. And that is my American dream. I can't do it alone. I need you. We need each other. We're all in this together, and together we can have our American dreams. As long as we're willing to do what is necessary to survive on this marble called Earth. 
Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now New Hampshire. Brennan's Smoke Shop, customers must be 21 years of age or older and proper ID is required. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right. We kick things off with a county update, Plymouth County update. And joining us is Sandra Wright. Sandra, are you still are you still the chair, or is or somebody else have the the gavel right now? No, I still hold it. You still have yep, the gavel. I still okay. have it. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, uh, how are things going on the county level? Oh, things are so busy at the county. You know, uh, it's just been incredible. All the many projects and all the things that we've been out uh, doing for our communities. It's you know, from when I, I compare when I first came in uh, till now, and it's it's just incredible what's going on and exciting. I'm just really excited about all of it. Do you look back? You look back all those years when when you were elected as a part of the county and the, the confusion that was. That we had is to folks weren't sure who had won because the uh, went, that's way, right. went late into I the night. That. Uh, went late into the mm-hmm. night. Um, you look all these years later. How do you feel that like you've? How do you feel as far as what the the county has done and accomplished? Because I think there, I think folks have questions as to what this <laughs> county do, especially up here in the northeast, where maybe down in the southern part of the country. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different brand of county government. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, when I look back at 2010, uh, I, I now look back and say, boy, was I naive, you know, what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, don't forget, I came in when, you know, at the worst, worst time in county government, you know, they were going to abolish us. Uh, our audits hadn't been done since 2000, 2001. Uh, the sheriff was taken over by the state. Uh, the courthouses were, you know, a mess and um, just, you know, so much going on. Then, you know, once I, I always laugh and I say I, you know, got voted in in November and December 1st, I was put on a committee as a commissioner to abolish myself. And I thought, well, this doesn't work for me. You know, I just ran an election to win and, and uh, be a commissioner and, and uh, straighten things out or try to fix it. And uh, here I'm going to abolish myself. And then after that, you know, after I get sworn in, of course, the treasurer then told me we we're $1.2 million in a structural deficit really thinking how how much can we sustain of this and you know but again i had a great team i had mr buckley i had you know treasurer o'brien and uh, myself and you know we just worked together as a team and uh just kept going forward visiting the towns trying to build a relationship with them and and so many other things that you know we really needed to do that had not been done in so many years is this? Is there? St- are you still? Do you feel the county is still in the team building exercise, working with the membership, the the, the twenty seven communities that make up Plymouth County? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I remember the days when we couldn't even get into the town halls. Uh, they didn't want to talk to us. They had, you know, no use for us whatsoever. They thought county, you know, should have been abolished. And, you know, where we are today, we're, you know, open arms and I in every single town. And, you know, especially I think, you know, where we did the CARES Act, that had, you know, a great effect on 
uh, you know, how the talents and what they thought of us and what we did for them, really. I mean, you know, when you think of it, not one town had on their line item maybe the 2000 i mean the 2 million dollars that they had to come up with for the covid and here we were with the cares act we were able to you know give them that or refund them that money that they didn't have in their line item where would they be today without it so i think that you know you know we've gotten letters from most of them just you know telling us you know what a great job we did how happy they are that you know what we did and uh, you know, they want to continue the relationship. They want to build more. There's a lot of things that I go out and I talk to the uh, management about, you know, as far as like regionalizing some things, working together. And because I don't think really a lot of these things that the towns have, you know, as far as police, fire, teachers, how much can they really support? And, uh, you know, there is going to come a time, I think years and years ago when I first came in and I was, you know, really striving hard for regionalization, they weren't ready. You know, they didn't really want to give up anything. But I think now they're looking differently at it. So, yeah, I think we have, a, you know, a lot more, a better relationship with them. You look back in re- retrospect to early 2020 yeah. when COVID was something we were all trying to understand and you know there was a lot of fear you know you gotta be careful if you touch the gas pump you can catch covid if yeah. you know if you look at a window the wrong way you could catch covid it was it was one of those things to where we've slowly evolved could it have been a blessing or a curse regarding the county and its handling of getting involved and saying hey is this a way for us to distribute federal funds if there's a way for us to be able to give those funds to our communities, mm-hmm. 100% of those funds without it being kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a part of it is going to be taken for us, and then you get 70%. You know, looking back when COVID first started, you know, never in our lifetime have we ever been up against a pandemic like this. Uh, really, people were beyond fearful. Uh, and, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of them, uh, you know, in my own community, I know going out, speaking with elderly people, uh, single people, um, they just had no idea what to do for themselves, where to go. They were lonely, depression, you know, set in, uh, the kids out of school, you know, so, so many different issues uh, among everybody for everybody uh it was it was a task to take on and and county government uh knew that this is something that we needed to do we listened to all the other counties we knew what you know they got the same amount of money as what we got um bristol county norfolk county of course turned their money over to the state uh we did not we knew that we needed to keep it within our own communities i know my communities intimately i know what their needs are i know how they've been struggling over the at least the last 12 12 years I've been there. Uh, and, you know, we have a, I have to say, we have a great team in Plymouth County. We all get along um, and we all, you know, really sit and discuss what needs to be done. And, and it's all been, you know, in unison of, you know, how we should proceed and go along uh, in doing this. I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, we gave out $87 million to our communities. And, you know, with that, we put up uh, $2.5 million for the test kits, which is, you know, just incredible. And I, I think it, we had gotten word like two nights before the new year, and we had to have it a decision made within hours whether or not we were going to do that. And we all got on board. You know, the treasurer called us and told us what was, you know, up, what we were up against. And, we, you know, without any doubt, 
it all. We all said, if that's what we need to do, that's what we need to do to help our communities and go ahead and do it. Don't forget, we did this for less than 1% in administration fees, which is incredible. Do, was there ever any second guessing as to, because this would be in two phases. Not only the CARES Act, which came from the Trump administration, the Trump, but then you've got, you know, uh, ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act, which came from the Biden administration. So they could have been, you know, initially when it came to the CARES Act, could have been a lot of hemming and hawing. Was it an, an instant reaction like, yes, we have to do this, and this is how we prove uh, that this form of government and what we do here is mm-hmm. is important? Well, I think, you know, with the leadership of our treasurer, you know, he did a fantastic job in organizing the CARES Act. And it was pretty easy. You know, it was put forward to us. And, you know, it was it was a no brainer, really. You know, we just had to do it. And uh, with opera, it was, you know, there were a lot more moving pieces and, um, you know, a little more concern uh, on, you know, things changing and, you know, what we were able to do and whether or not we should, you know, uh, administer this uh, monies. But all in all, I, you know, we all came in agreement that, yeah, if, if you know, the treasurer is up for it and, and has a plan uh, with who he would have in place, you know, in administering this, then, yeah, we should go ahead and, and help our communities. There, you know, and the thing is, is most of the communities just, they just don't know what they can spend the money for. And, you know, the first, first part when we went out, we said, do not spend the money right away. You have three years. Cha- things are changing. This is the, this is the, the, the ARPA, ARPA money, yeah. yeah. Things change daily, and yep. you've got three years to spend the money. Don't be in a hurry. You know, get your, go back to your boards, get your plan, you know, what you want to use the money for. Infrastructure. And, I mean, right. that's what a lot, I hear a lot of communities are using it for is yeah. different types of infrastructure. Right, right. We were just out last Friday, and, you know, I'm glad to say that, you know, we just went to Marshfield. We gave them $1,700,000, and that was for water and drainage. Uh, structure and improvements. Uh, same day, we went to Duxbury and um, we gave them one million uh, eight eight hundred thousand, and that was for um, water infrastructure uh, improvements, design and engineering. So, you know, some of the towns are they're due. Some of these uh, structures need to be um, done and done right and uh, modified, I should say. Any thought? Do we hear that there could possibly be additional monies or? Has that money, that funding for um, ARPA? Not so much ARPA, but for uh, dealing with COVID, because the CDC doesn't even want to acknowledge that COVID is a thing anymore. It, you know, they're more now focused on monkeypox. I and, know, and maybe the, you know the next possible pandemic that could be on our doorstep, and how to deal with it, and how to mobilize for it. Because yeah. I've talked to different health departments, and, and some of them like on. I'm like. What's happening this fall? I mean, is there going to be, you know, if there's a new variant or, you know, if there's a flu, if there's a, a flu outbreak, mm-hmm. what's being done? You know, what is what is the CDC saying? And I've heard from health departments. They're like, oh, CDC doesn't, does, they won't even mention the word 
uh, pandemic and COVID in the same sentence, that it's a matter of that they're moving on and that they're, they're focusing on other things right now. Yeah, I, you know, I hear a lot of that also. And, you know, especially having worked in the medical, you know, professional field, um, you know, you look back and you say, look, at we had SARS and we had so many, the neuro, uh, mm-hmm. Nova virus and so many other things. Were they pandemics or, you know, did we just treat them? Flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, you know, did we just treat them as, as we needed to at that time? We lost a lot of lives back then. Uh, we certainly lost a lot of lives, you know, this time. Um, there was a lot of division, too. Yes, there was. Um, but I think, you know, whatever comes up um, or comes before us, we're prepared. We're ready. Uh, I think we will know how to handle it, what to do uh, with, you know, with the facts in front of us. But we don't know what that is right now. It's too early yet. She's just tuning in. We're speaking with Sandra Wright, Sandra Wright, uh, chair of the Plymouth County Commissioners. Uh, she, of course, will be on the ballot for uh, in November. Re-election. Re-election. November 8th, if I'm correct. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you, what do you hang your hat on this, the, the past four years? What do you go out there and tell the voters as to, you know, I want, I want a fourth term. I want, I want to be your county commissioner. What do you do? Well, don't forget, uh, even, you know, when I first came in, I think uh, in the early, I can't remember what year it was now, I fought for a dredge. I always felt and I still feel that our towns need to take care of their uh, rivers and ponds. Um, they're overgrowing into cranberry bogs. We're not going to have our natural resources. Uh, I feel very strongly about that. Um, I think it's just something I need to wake everybody up and, and make them more attentive to what's going on um, in their uh, communities. And we purchased a dredge. Uh, thankfully, and we are, you know, it is being used mostly down in the Cape area. Falmouth, uh, Harwich uh, is using a lot of it. But they have funding for waterworks and stuff, and they really need to be, you know, I can only go out and advocate for it and tell them what's needed and what they should be doing, but it's not up to me whether or not they do it. Uh, I think there is going to be a time where they're going to say, oh, you know, holy crap, I, you know, we should have paid more attention to this when it's maybe too late. Uh, that's what I feel, and that's why I fought so uh, much for it. I think also, uh, you know, with the CARES Act coming up and every just everything that we've done, um, I've been also a big advocate for firefighters. Uh, once being a firefighter for 15 years, uh, I know what they need for training. I know that they're not getting the proper training. Uh, also, I just met with a company to build a gun range, and uh, I don't want to just build, a, you know, lanes where you just... Uh, target. I want a tactical because we're fighting a whole different society now. I think that, you know, tactics is more important than um, just shooting a gun. And uh, our, our offices have to be prepared for that. And, you know, the biochemicals that are coming in, uh, we have to, you know, be able to train them on that. Uh, bombs, you know, so many things that are now coming in uh, to our environment and society that we have to build on and, and be aware and trained and educated on all of it. Do you feel that that's going to be a, a campaign issue is, is, is building something for public safety, whether it's a, a fire somewhere for firefighters to, to practice their, you know, practice saving lives or having a gun range where, again, you talk about life-saving and being able to um, apprehend a a suspect or be able to defend an area and keep people safe while Mm -hmm. also apprehending someone who is armed. 
You know, and I also think, you know, being very active with the veterans, you know, I always like to bring this up uh, because I'm very passionate about my veterans. I am in the process, or I was before COVID, uh, in building a home for veterans, uh, wanting to take them out of jail. And they go to court, they don't have anywhere to put them, so they put them in jail. I'd like to bring them into my house uh, or my home for two years, uh, give them whatever uh, trade that they need, and then mending their families back together and getting them back out into society. That's really the only way we can make men into men, women into you know good moms and uh, who have served in the service. It's a whole different breed um, for police to have to stop somebody who's a veteran in a car when they see the lights. You know, they just are so used to being in combat that sometimes they react to those situations and then you have a situation where you're now arresting somebody who has maybe flashback to you know when they're in the service we have to be very careful of that and i think that that's a huge problem out in our society what do you feel is going to be some of the other issues uh, when it comes to your particular your particular race because you know, during a recent politi- political forum, I think the question was asked is, what, what else What else besides the CARES funding, um, you know, what are some of the things that the county can hang its hat on saying, this is what we provide and what we do? Um, what do you feel are the things that the county does well, other than CARES mm-hmm. and opera money? What else do they do? What, to, what else does the county do besides, well, you know, besides o- provide that funding? We oversee the Registry of Deeds. We oversee the uh, courthouses in Hingham and Wareham and Brockton. Uh, you know, we have a vehicle bid. Uh, I think we have 230 towns in the vehicle bid. Uh, we oversee the pensions. Um, we do the Mayflower Municipal Health Group, which uh, we're always, you know, uh, recruiting and bringing more towns in. Uh, we just uh, have... Um, done more with our parking tickets and I know uh, Jeff Welch has been the lead person on that and has done a oh, fan- former county commissioner yeah yep. uh, that's right and uh, you know he's been out to all different towns and mm-hmm. gee I'm, I'm kind of guessing but I'd say he's got 14 15 towns in now uh, through the parking through the Plymouth County parking uh, system so we're always developing I know back years ago we were doing it we're you know kind of behind the times because we didn't have the proper equipment uh, since we've got funding and we're doing a little bit better financially now we were able to purchase and get what we needed and that, that helps generate revenue oh sure yeah Absolutely. Uh, as we wrap things up, you know, we've been speaking with Sandra Wright, uh, Plymouth County Commissioner. Anything you want to say in closing, whether it's uh, as part of the county update or for folks who want to get involved with your campaign? I, I think that, you know, Plymouth County, you know, we've strived for what we're doing now and, and we just, you know, have done such a fa- fabulous job in uh, everything that we have, everything that's been put in front of us and that we've had to make quick decisions and um, whether we do it or we didn't do it. And uh, I think just uh, supporting uh, our communities and anything that they really need or what they face, um, I think the whole idea is uh, all the time are now open to listen to us. Uh, we have a great rapport with them. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we just need to keep focusing on what what the community has and, and what are the new things coming down the road that, you know, we're going to have to look at and and maybe educate uh, them and in what they need to do. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. You got it. We are going to step aside, and when we come back, 
more Monday Night Talk right here on 95.9 WATD. Stay tuned. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 11.30 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman, with a full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com. Hi, we are the associates of the Sisters of Divine Providence. Our mission is to live in a spirit of trust in the providence of God. Please join us on Saturday, September 10th from 10 to 2 at the former Sacred Heart High School in Kingston for a can and bottle drive to raise funds for Bridges of Providence. The money raised will help poor women and men to sustain themselves in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Peru. Thank you. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio, featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Don't just listen, say something. Call 781-837-4900. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, we're shifting gears here. We're going from uh, Sanford Wright to speaking with State Senator Mike Brady, who joins me. Hello, Senator. Hi, how are you, Kevin? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Good. I'm enjoying this nice uh, spring weather, fall weather, I should say, even though it's still summertime. But we've been spoiled with all the sunshine. And, of course, we do need the rain. But we're hoping it lets up a little bit for tomorrow. Uh, they're expecting more heavy rain, but uh, it is election day tomorrow, so we're trying to remind everyone it's an important election and trying to get the vote out. As a veteran lawmaker, you're somebody who I've known for many years from your time serving in the city uh, as an elected official to now being on the state level, not one time, but twice, right, as a state rep? Yes. I thought I thought you won that race by 13 votes. 14. They did a recount, but okay. who's counting, as okay. they say? But I, I will tell you, every vote counts. And the, the good news is the efficiency, because the, they upgraded the election system yeah. in Brockton many yeah. years ago, because we had a mayor's race. Yeah, that was you, you uh, now Mayor uh, Robert Sullivan. Yes. And Connor Units. Yes. So it was like three cousins running against each other in that yeah. primary. Yeah, Connor, the son of uh, Jack Units, yes. former mayor. And, yeah. and we were all very close, and it, as I mentioned, like three cousins running against each other. But... Um, yeah, we were knocking on doors in, in, uh, right up to 8 o'clock, and um, they they did file for recount. But okay. fortunately, because of a mayor's race way back between Larry McCavitt and, and uh, Paul Sedensky, they the city of Brockton upgraded the system, made it a lot more efficient. And we didn't have things like back in those days. We had the chads that Florida had. Yeah, well, hanging because, chads. Yes, so because yes. Brockton upgraded their system, we haven't had those problems. Mm. So the only vote I gained in that race was when they did the recount, the person checked off next to my name. They didn't put the uh, the dot 
filled in. In color it in, yeah. So when people fill out a ballot wrong, it goes into the system, the machine. The machine kicks it out, but the person working at the polls can't tell you what to do. They can only ask the voter, is this how you want to vote? And if they say yes or no, so it goes in a separate pile. And that's how it was gained in the recount when they did the hand count. Wow. It was so long ago, too. I can't believe it. Seems like yesterday in 2008 is when I first served in the House. I can't talk. And it was Sandra Wright is here talking about when she was elected in 2010 and then uh, talking about your particular race. What's different uh, for this primary for you as, as a veteran, you know, uh, lawmaker? Well, the biggest thing is the redistricting. And it happens every 10 years, um, usually based on the shift in the population and uh, demographics and so forth. So. This year, they added the town of Avon, where you know my brother Bob had served as a um, town select board member. Um, He wasn't involved in politics as long as I was, but he was older and wiser. I would always cover his race in Avon. Yes. And and, um, cover it for the radio station. It's been a tough loss for the family and for a lot of our friends out there. But he served in the town of Avon. And then they added five precincts in the south end of Randolph. Mm. Basically from Memorial Drive South where the fire station is. So so the Linwood restaurant is in my new district uh, oh, if I get elected. Pizza place you go yes. visit. So I'm going to have to split it up between the Cape Cod and Brockton and a couple other pizza places I know. Now see if you somehow ways. get a part of Stoughton, then you can have <laughs> Town Spa. Yes, I I know the family that owned the town spot very well, too, and, and as well as the Linwood. And um, I, I was in the insurance business years ago, so I sold life insurance. And I was reviewing uh, their insurance. And as you know, the town spot from the old place in the center of town to the new place on 138, they have a conveyor belt oven. So it's a whole different system. Look at you. Pizza connoisseur. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny you mention that because uh, I just did a, a story... You may have heard it late last week here on ATD, but I, I was I covered the video. We did foot video footage of someone winning the publish, publisher's clearinghouse. So many people. It was funny. Is when I got the when I got the <clears throat> the email. I'm like, I'll go check it out. But you know, I'm not gonna. We'll see what happens. Walking in these group of people who are wearing publisher's clearinghouse, you have jackets and stuff. And they're like, oh, we're surprised you showed up. Like, oh, I'm surprised you're here because I always thought this thing was a scam. And they actually presented somebody in Abington with a $1 million check. But during the conversation and waiting and stalking the eventual winner, uh, we got into a conversation about pizza. And they love pizza from New York and how they make pizza in New York as compared to bar bar pizza here and we've kind of next time they come and present somebody with another check we, we've already promised that we'll go out and grab either some Linwood or some Cape Cod, Cape Cod. And, and that so-called Byron Pizza was started in the South Shore Brockton and Stoughton Cape Cod and, Cafe and, you know, the original home of Bar Pizza uh, and the Brockton That's Cafe what the sign too says, anyway. yeah so anyway because New York has a different style even Boston <laughs> had a different style of pizza in the North End which is great pizza as well but uh, being in my business, you're on the road all the time. Yep. We meet with constituents and dealing with businesses, and we are constantly on the road. I actually lost weight. I have to confess, when COVID was hot and heavy, was still in and out of the woods, but I was actually eating healthy meals at home like salmon. I wasn't eating pizza, so I actually lost weight. Really? Yes. Wow, the dieting. Salad. When most people gained it because they were eating junk at home, I was actually eating salads. Yeah, and, same here. And salmon. I, I- Watching what I eat, and the missus is always good, and you know, making great food. So that's that's what's important. Talking about round things, uh, this weekend you actually had a little bit of a round table. You want to tell me about that? Yes, I'm trying to think because it's been so busy. I know today we were in the breakfast um, in, in uh, Boston, the Labor Day breakfast. Um, 
Oh, yes. So the, the roundtable, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me. So we had a great event. Uh, Congressman Steve Lynch came to Brockton. Uh, he's offered to help get more federal funding, which is great news, and, and the congressman has endorsed me in this campaign. But there was four different initiatives that we were able to get in the budget this year. The Champion Plan, which we were able to get 100000 this year, and over the past several years we've gotten almost 400000 That helps people with addiction. And, you know, even during COVID when, when things were kind of behind closed doors, you're meeting on virtual meetings, which is tough. It, it isn't as good as meeting one-on-one with people or in group settings. Sure. We were able to get some more funding for that. And I want to thank all the people that work on not only the champion plan, but the other things we're going to talk about, because they're the unsung heroes meeting behind the scenes with the people that need it most. So we're able to get funding for that. And as you know, during the opiate epidemic that's still going on with the yes. with the OxyContin, that uh, you know these companies. I'm glad our Attorney General Maura Haley went after these corporations mm. because they marketed it as a painkiller, and it all sounds wonderful. But it was an elephant tranquilizer. And they knew that eventually your body builds up a tolerance for it and you need more and more right. and more. And eventually these kids switch to heroin. I call them kids because they're younger than us in their 30s and 20s, 90%. It affects older people too. But um, they marketed to all these doctors that are trying to do the right thing. And they prescribed it. And, you know, we have good laws in this commonwealth to protect people. But... For a while, uh, these other states still don't have the protection. Then the other things we also helped is Choice for Teens, which helps a lot of teens that are homeless and they, they don't have the security or the shelters. they they living very difficult lives. And people in the school systems have helped out to reach these kids, helping them with everything from simple things with backpacks and things for education for them, books, etc., and, and help them with food. Another thing we did with School on Wheels, and this is an important initiative that reaching kids outside of the school district and even in the summertime, they, they go to parks and recreational things to reach kids up with education and to go to their households or, again, another situation that helps families that are less fortunate. And the other thing that we just got in the budget, and it's uh, the first time that we got in the budget, we have a very diverse area that we represent. The Commonwealth is very diverse. The area that I represent with the city of Brockton, some of the towns like Randolph and Avon and Women Hanson, very diverse. So we passed uh, this Racial Equity and Justice Institute that sat at Bridgewater State University. And a lot of students from the South shall go to Bridgewater State beyond that area, but they also have helped out with Massachusetts Community College and other community colleges in the area. We were able to get 100000 for this. And they, there's a professor there that has done yeoman's work, Fred Clack, who's the uh, president of Bridgewater Satan. Yes. As you know, he, he originally came from Brockton, raised his family in Easton. He worked for Joe Moakley when he was a congressman. He's been very open-minded to this, and it's to reach out to uh, disparity in education and other things. It helps people learn about racial equity and injustice and so forth. So that's been an important initiative. So I'm fortunate that being on the Ways and Means Committee, having a great relationship with my fellow colleagues in the Senate, they were able to support this and we were able to get in the budget for this year's budget. So that's the good news and we've got a lot of things. Revenue has increased getting back to the cities and towns. But we also got an important initiative we're still working on as an economic development bill. And I'm sure you might have read in one of the, read in one of the newspapers this week. Mm. There's a couple um, issues that had to be settled. And one important thing was there was a group in the 80s called Citizens for Limited Taxation yes. that if the Commonwealth raises enough revenue, we have to give it back to the taxpayers, a certain amount based on how much revenue we earn. Correct. 
And in that economic development bill, there's a lot of other things that I could go on all night of funding back for the district, different initiatives. There's also a tax initiative to give back to the consumers that if they're making between 38000 and 100000 if they're single, they can get a check for $250 to spend it. They wish not just on gas, but on food, because as we know, food prices have gone through the roof, et cetera. Or if they're a married family, they can get a check up to 500000 and they're able up to make up to 150000 per you year. Mean, hold on, you said 500000 I'm sorry, $500. I, okay. I, I always, I always really, do that for you. You did that during it, the it, debate, too. It, it, I know that. Because I, I was talking about $150,000. Wait, yeah, I know. That'd be a nice check for everybody. Thank, thank you for bringing that up because right. I always do that for it. And stuff. It'd be nice. It's a nice get. number, but I, yeah, it's, exactly. It's not realistic. It's like the clearinghouse giveaway you were talking about, right? Yeah, I actually got a million dollars. though. <laughs> At least no, that's, got, it was funny because I'm like, where's the where's the Happy Gilmore size <laughs> size check that you give them? They right. Look at me like, but no, that five hundred dollars. Yeah, that five hundred dollars helps out tremendously. But again, that still is not enough. So. This other proposal that was a ballot initiative, yep. and it happened in 1986. Now, back then, the, the residents might have got a small chunk of change. It mm. wasn't much at all. This will give, and it averages out to be about $300 to families, and they got to decide how they're going to do it, whether when you file your taxes at the end of the year. For, you know, Will it be counted as revenue? Yes, or, or also will it be taken, like say somebody owes over the $300, and I'm averaging it out. Some people get more, some people get less. Sure. But but basically, will it be taken off the taxes they may owe? Or if they get money back at the end of the year, will it be added to what they're going to get back? And again, you brought up another good point. Will it be counted as tax revenue when mm. they file their taxes for the following year? So there's some logistics that have to be worked out. But this economic development bill is so important to get done. And... Um, we are working with the governor and leadership in the House and the Senate to get it done. We'll hopefully get it done ASAP. Well, you guys right now are in informal session, right? Yeah, well, we still are. like, we, not a lot goes on. Well, it's we're kind of still passing things informally, but we can be called back informally to get everybody in there. But, at but a, the big stuff was, like, prior to the budget pass. Like yeah. You that, guys were up to, like, 2 o'clock absolutely. in the morning. Everything got done but that economic development bill, and that's so important for our constituency. So I'm going to ask you a quick question. So... Other than your own race, because obviously it's paramount to you, what other race or races are you going to be watching tomorrow night? I'm curious about the result. Well, I try to keep my eye on everything from the governor's race all the way down to the local races. And, of yep. course, in the primary, there's no Democratic primary. Maura Haley is the... Yeah, Sonia Chang, uh, Diaz. She, she dropped out, but, but I believe her name is still on the ballot. That is correct. Because it was too late to get her name yes. off. You know, obviously there's Republican primaries as well, and for governor there's two candidates for that and other seats, but there's races for uh, treasurer, I'm sorry, not treasurer. Um, Lieutenant governor, Lieutenant attorney, governor attorney, general, attorney general, auditor, auditor those Secretary are very important states, races, Secretary of State, and then the local... race. Yes, my race... Um, Congressman Lynch is on the ballot in my district as well. I know yeah, he's not on until he doesn't have to worry. No, but he still is on the ballot. Yes, unenrolled, un, un, unopposed. I'm sorry. Both but, he and, and then, uh, uh, Congressman Keating. Both Keating around. is on the ballot as well. Opponents come. And then the uh, in Randolph, Iana Presley is on the ballot as well. Right. And then, you know, other than my race, you got a, a couple local state rep races in the city of Brockton. There's a new district formed, so there's two Democrats running for the primary for that, and then there's one unenrolled. So you're gonna have somebody new to the legislative delegation. Yes, and um, you know this is important. You, you need some experience here. I know there's two city councils running for the seat, so they have a little bit of experience being on the council. But as you get in the state house, it's a whole new ball game. Sure. And I was very fortunate. I had great mentors to help me out. 
Bobby Creedon and Tommy Kennedy and you Anna played Buckley. street hockey with a lot of those guys. Well, didn't, didn't play street hockey. They were a little older than me, but <laughs> but Tommy Kennedy especially because he served in the district Absolutely. I serve in now yep. as a state representative and a, and a senator. Uh, he introduced me to people in leadership, so it opened doors for me. I also had other friends who had been involved with state government, so it got me to have a great relationship with Brian, uh, who was a Ways and Means Chair yep. Dempsey. Yep. He started out on economic development when I was on that committee several years ago, and he became the chairman of Ways and Means, so that opened up doors for me. And it's about building up relationships, and it doesn't mean that everybody agrees on everything. That's what democracy is about. Sometimes it's good to have debates and have dialogue back and forth of what you want to get done. Uh, and even our Republicans, we, we work very well together. Unlike what you may hear out of Washington, D.C., the Commonwealth works very well together. There's three Republican senators now. Um, Bruce Tao, who's, who's of Greek descent. I, I grew up with a lot of Greeks in Brockton. Our talk. Yeah, he, does, he actually does a podcast. Yes, and, um, you know, O'Connor from Weymouth. We get along great, and we work very well together to get things done. And that's what keeps Massachusetts moving forward, because it doesn't mean you have to agree on everything, but you can finally come to a consensus at the end of the day to move the ball forward. And we've got a lot of revenue coming back for our district, and I know it's desperately needed. Never mind just the city of Brock, but like Whitman Hanson School District, they they have a combined school district. They're always looking for more funding. Halifax, I know they need, they need things for the seniors down there for transportation. They need a new council and aging facility. They have an old building that should be a museum, Pope's Tavern on Route 106. I've met with the leaders and the people at the council and aging down there, and I've got money in the budget in past years to redo the parking lot and so forth. But they need, they need a whole facility. And thank God that Brockton years ago got money from the uh, treasury from the state lottery for revenue to build our senior center. It's named after Tommy Kennedy's mother, sure. the mean, Mary Kennedy Senior Center. Yep, right on the corner of uh, Father Kenny Way and uh, Main Street. Yes, right yep. across from St. Patrick's Church. And without that lottery funding, we would have never got that built. Anything in closing, whether from uh, being at the ribbon cutting last week with uh, the uh, the new ambassador to Ireland to uh, having the, the uh, lieutenant governor there or to just what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Anything that you could pick for the next Sure, minute? and I just would like to say congratulations to Ambassador Claire Corn and her uncle, Mayor C. Gerald Lucy, who was a, also a former state legislator. The building was named from its estate building, and Mastoid is going to have a stake in downtown Brockton as well as the unemployment office. Beautiful new building, but... Uh, we can't do it without getting elected. And tomorrow is a big election in the whole Commonwealth. And um, sorry about that. I forgot to shut off my phone. Yeah, so 30 seconds. Or the music's going to play <laughs> us out. So I ask everybody, I need your vote for tomorrow. I can't do my job without your support. And the polls are open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. tomorrow. And I thank all the people out there in the district that I represent for your continued support. Because I am so grateful. I was at a labor event this morning. Thank you for all your support, and I'm asking for your vote tomorrow. There he is, Senator WATP FM South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. WATD. Streaming online at 959WATD.com and with your smart speaker just by saying play WATD. It's been a sweltering hot holiday. It's not over. We have a few more days. It's going to be tough. Parts of the East Coast are underwater. Rolled up and fell my feet uh, in water. 
President Biden rallies workers on Labor Day. Unions built the middle class. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Monica Ricks in New York. Millions of people out west are sweating it out in a brutal heat wave this Labor Day. Parts of L.A. topped 110. Because I'm at the beach, I don't mind it so much. But earlier when I was walking, it was pretty hot, yeah. Dr. Thomas Aragon's with the California Department of Public Health. The key message that we've been getting out to everybody is to be cool, be hydrated, be connected, and be informed. The heat won't break till later this week. On the East Coast, 80 million Americans are under flood alerts from Alabama to Maine. Flood shut down highways in Rhode Island. I want to go home, but everything is flooding. The salon where we work, I think they've ran down so fast. So people are stuck, stuck everywhere. When working people are under attack, what do we do? Stand up, President Biden spent part of his Labor Day talking to union workers in Wisconsin. But the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But together, we can and we must choose a different path. Forward. Mr. Biden said had a second rally today in Pennsylvania. A federal judge in Florida has sided with former President Trump and will appoint a special master to review documents seized by the FBI. Judge Eileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, rejects prosecutors' arguments, saying an independent arbiter should set Trump's personal items and anything that might be covered by privilege aside. George Washington University law professor Kel McClanahan says a special master is akin to a court-appointed expert witness. They're professors, scholars, many of them are retired judges. Prosecutors could pursue an appeal of the injunction that now blocks their investigation. A spokesman says the Justice Department is considering next steps. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. In Canada, police say one of the two men accused of going on a deadly stabbing spree is dead. Assistant Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore with Royal Canadian Mountain Police warns the other is still on the run. He is considered dangerous. His actions have shown that, that he uh, is violent. The men killed 10 people around Saskatchewan yesterday. Britain's new Prime Minister Liz Truss takes office tomorrow, and she's promised to get the country through its economic crisis. Truss replaces Boris Johnson, who resigned in July. The markets were closed today for the Labor Day holiday. Now this. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. Good evening. All weather is local, and during the holiday, spots had four inches of rain and more, while other places had nothing. Right along this frontal boundary, separating the warm, humid air along the south coast, right up along parts of the south shore to the cooler air over central New England, temperatures in the 50s and 60s, and that's holding in place and slowly moving to the south and east. And that means more rain overnight into Tuesday morning. At times coming down heavily, flooding in areas of poor drainage, especially in the mid-60s, near 70 around Plymouth. And during the day on Tuesday, that rain can continue to come down in torrents, really causing problems for the commute. Temperature holding about steady, two to three inches of rainfall and more. Flood watch up right through Tuesday evening and some leftover drizzle overnight in the low 60s, some fog. Wednesday, again, some low clouds and fog, and then sunny breaks, the high 69. Thursday, with high pressure taking control, a stretch of September's best weather. If you like to get outdoors with sunshine and low humidity, 
The high 70 to 75. Again, coolest along the coast Friday with sunshine near 80. We'll keep a distant eye on Earl strengthening to a hurricane way out in the Atlantic. For W8TD, I'm meteorologist Rob Gilman. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 11.30 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman, with a full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com. Hi, my name is Alex Bizantin, and I'm running for Plymouth County Commissioner. I am the former chairman of the Abington Conservation Commission, former Abington Water Commissioner, and now serving in my second term as Abington Selectman. I am currently serving on the executive board of the Plymouth County Advisory Board. If you would like to learn more about my candidacy, please visit my website at alexbazanson.org or follow me on Facebook. I am Alex Bazanson for Plymouth County Commissioner, and I approve this message. That truck, it pays? What? The bumper sticker on that truck says it pays. Pays? Pays what? I can't quite read it. Oh, it pays to stay way back. Ah, what was that? The truck, snap back or rock. Now I've got a broken windshield. I'm Peter Brown of Tiny and Sons Auto Glass in Pembroke. It pays to stay way back. However, if your windshield is broken, just call 1-888-64-TINIES. And thank you. Find Monday Night Talk on Facebook and share your opinions. Go to 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. All right, we're back. I like the straight cats, right? Do you really? I yeah. do. I do. As do I. One of my favorite songs. Um, and that voice you heard. No, it is not Wednesday night. We have not teleported two days ahead. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It's Jared Valenzuela, uh, of course, a Plymouth County Commissioner and a host of the JV Team. 615-7. Always a pleasure to be here with you, Kevin, on Monday Night Talk, and uh, looking forward to uh, to breaking down uh, tomorrow evening's events with the Godfather of Plymouth County, who I'm just so pleased to be able to uh, be able to uh, share this segment with. We, uh, I, I think he's reso- I think he's talking about Thomas O'Brien, the Plymouth County Treasurer. I guess that he is, Kevin. <laughs> uh, and thank you, Jared, for that. And. Kevin, it's been too long since I've been on. Thank you for having me. Because most people call me Tom O'Brien. And I heard that you introduced me twice as Plymouth County Treasurer Thomas O'Brien. So I said, Is that a bad I, thing, though? It's not. It's if I not. No, if I, if I had enunciated your middle name, then you're in trouble. <laughs> I've got to get here more often so he remembers. <laughs> right. I'm just Tom O'Brien. Um, but what's, it, wasn't it the last time you may have been here? I, did we do a red versus blue? I think we did, but that was a while we ago. Did. It was a while ago. Because we used to do something called Red versus Blue. I remember, I liked yeah. it with Craig <clears throat> Pina yeah, and I think Ed Miller. And you know, the first couple were okay, but after a while, you want you want substance. You want somebody who can articulate. That's something you, you both gentlemen both That's why do. you brought us on. Ex- yes. Exceptionally <laughs> well, as you are. Thank you. you can, listen, I can, I, I can get louder and louder. It doesn't mean that anything that's coming out of my mouth that there's any substance, and that's what we had. This is we we did it one too many times, and I would try to talk to the two combatants and say, 
Can we please <laughs> argue your point and right. set up instead of just name calling? Anybody can name call. Anybody can throw mud. But when you have facts, and there's a way for you to bring things up. Just like tonight, we're going to talk about some of these references. Yeah, absolutely. Before we do, Kevin, I hate to interrupt, but I just have to give a shout-out and a happy birthday to Representative Kathy Linatra. Yes. Today is actually her birthday, and I would be remiss if I didn't Do you want to lead a chorus in happy birthday? I do not, okay. because sure. I know that Jared is a much better singer than I am. Yes, that, is. that is probably true, <laughs> but it's good, because, you know, one of my favorite segments that I've had on here, Kevin, with you was with... Representative Lenatra several months ago now. I'm known for being able to segue yes. things on my own program, so here's the segue. In that program, we were speculating on who candidates for governor could potentially be on the Democrat side, because that was right after Governor Baker had dropped out. Rep Lenatra and I agreed on one of the candidates. Rep DeCoast was there. That take that he had several months ago was incredibly wrong, as we now know, if you recall, when he said Attorney General Mari Healy would not run for governor. The podcast is up. <laughs> yes, the podcast is the up. Podcast I think that was in, I don't know, December, January, I forget. But It's interesting, because because a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Representative Lenatra and Allison Sullivan on. And I have fondly named them peanut butter and jelly because when the two of them come on, <laughs> they work so well together that they, they flow when they like peanut butter and jelly. Perfect. Great. I like that. Well, so. I, we'll see what sandwich you nickname for. <laughs> I was a little worried. I'm not going there, Jerry. Yeah, I'm not no, going there. I'm going to leave no. it at that. It, just, it, was, it was a spur of the Segway moment. It right came on. to me. I went, I went with it. I like it. Um, we are on the eve of the primary. Yes. How do we feel, guys? I'll tell you, I'm excited. I really am. I love elections, obviously. I've been an elected official for quite a long time now. Uh, Hence, I think, the Godfather reference, which uh, (laughs) I appreciate. I've been around a long time. Uh, But I just, I love the engagement, the civic uh, involvement. I like when people uh, put their name on their ballot. It's not easy to do to run for office, Kevin. Uh, And anybody that puts their name out there and says, I'm going to take a shot at this, I'm going to take a chance, really deserves our thanks for doing that. I agree. Absolutely. So uh, I also uh, during the day, and I've already we announced it during dur- throughout the day with the different radio personalities that after a certain time, I want us to have enough time to at least get to a couple of the key races: governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, auditor, at least mm-hmm. before we start ticking down and looking at some of the other local races: the state senate, um, the county commissioner, <laughs> uh, you name it, state representative. There's a few. There are a few here, secretary of state. But I have uh, I have put the word out that if there's a candidate who is on the ballot tomorrow here locally, somewhere in, within the, the, the area, uh, you can call in and talk to us for a couple of moments, just a couple of moments, because I want to give us enough time to talk and other candidates who might want to call in. So Great. Well, that's Let's, something you and WAT do, do such a great job of. It's really giving access to those on the ballot to get their message out, to talk to voters that are listening. I think it's such a great opportunity. I, I've been on WATD since 1994, so wow. uh, it's a real a good opportunity for people to call in. So if they are listening, I certainly encourage them to do that. Absolutely. So if we look at the, the first, the top of the mountain, top, top of, of the heap. heap. This is easy for me, Kevin. This one's an easy one. For is me. it really? It is. Oh, well, well, as a Democrat, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you know. The interesting thing is that uh, Sonia Chang Diaz is going to be on the on the ballot, right? But she has already kind of pulled back her right. forces and said, "Yeah, I'm all set." Yeah, and that's not the only race that happened. In you'll you'll note too uh, that that happened. Uh, 
in the race for um, attorney general. Attorney general. Yep. Uh, where uh, Quentin Palfrey dropped out of the race. Surprising. Even even after early voting started, we should maybe talk about that a little bit. But yes, yeah. surprising. Sonia Chang at least. Uh, John Sonia Chang Diaz at least dropped out before then, so people know that uh, that uh, she's not. On the in the race, even though she's on the ballot, uh, and so Maura Healy has a clear path uh, to November, and I actually think beyond. So I'm glad that Treasurer O'Brien mentioned Sonia Chang Diaz dropping out. I will say this, putting on just the total political science nerd hat and checking my Republican biases at the door, nobody benefited more from Senator Chang Diaz dropping out than Chris Doty, and I think the numbers are starting to prove that out, and I think they'll prove it out tomorrow. Unenrolled voters. As exciting as the Democrat primary for auditor may be, unenrolled voters just aren't going to be galvanized by some of the down ballot. They want to vote for the governor. They want to vote for a U.S. senator. Of course, there's not one on the ballot. Um, by virtue of that, you, you're going to have, and, and the Secretary of State confirmed this with State House News Service late last week, that they have seen what they thought to be a uptick in Republican ballots that were taken by mail. And they're expecting about a 300,000 Republican primary vote tomorrow, which I think in a way might actually benefit Mr. Doty being the political novice. He's been the only Republican candidate on television with advertisements. That said, though, and and just breaking down the Republican side of the ledger with former Rep. Jeff Deal, it's going to be hard to beat Representative Deal. He's name recognition, name recognition. But not only that, he's been in the trenches for years. He was elected in 2010, certainly helped lead the statewide ballot question to repeal the indexing to the gas tax. Won an award. Won an award for that. Um, But to that end, the last couple of races have not gone his way. I think Mr. Doty has certainly given Republican voters, and again, I think with an influx of unenrolled voters that are that would have ordinarily voted for in the Democratic primary, with that influx of unenrolled voters, I think that what I originally was predicting, Kevin, was a deal Campanelli ticket, mm. and I can go into the reasoning why for that, and I've been predicting that for months, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mr. Doty pulls it off, but I still think it will probably be deal and Kay Campanelli, who's a former state rep from Central Mass. Well, and uh, uh, Miss Allen is also a former state rep. As she well. is, albeit I mean she dropped because she wanted to become a nurse. Yeah, some both of them have and have exper- uh, legislative experience. But there's a small difference with uh, between Representative Campanelli and Representative uh, Leah Cole Allen. Leah. Leah Cole, as you alluded to, she was a state rep about 10 years ago, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the, the joke, Tom? What, you know, a day in politics is an eternity. <laughs> um, so she was, not to diminish it, but it was a long time ago that she was a state rep. Kay Campanelli ran countywide in Worcester County. And a lot of folks seem to discount this countywide thing, but Tom and I, our constituency is 27 communities. The only constituency bigger than us is statewide. Right? You can't go any higher than a county mm-hmm. except running statewide. Kay Campanelli nearly won a register of deed seat in Worcester County in 2018, lost 5149. Wow. So the same so for the same reason why I would give the nod to Jeff Deal is he ran statewide in 2018. He has that name ID. Kay Campanelli has that name ID built up in Worcester County. Last point I'll make on that, and Tom will probably agree with this. We all have a lot of friends and voters that we friends that we know that live west of 128. And there's nothing bigger than the chip on the shoulder Central and Western Massachusetts has by feeling like they're neglected by Boston and the Shores. 
she's probably going to benefit by having an address in central Massachusetts and all those voters west of 128 with that chip on their shoulder will say, we want someone that's from our neck of the woods. It worked for Karen Polito, it worked for Tim Murray with Deval Patrick. Sure. And I, I think it's going to work out for Kay Campanelli. So I'm not going to disagree with you on the Republican side, and I think your analysis yeah, is I, I spot on. You're going to go with but the government for well, Democrats, right? Well, what I'm going to do is disagree with this. I think the person that benefited the most from Sonia Chang-Diaz dropping out was Maura Healy. Yeah. So you, you can say all you want about how that might have benefited a Republican. And I'll point out this. The Democratic side has some pretty exciting races uh, for other offices statewide. And this is an anomaly here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We don't see this many Democrats running for constitutional officers against each other. So we have some exciting races for lieutenant governor, for attorney general, uh, for auditor, for secretary of state. So I don't see people that were intending to pull a Democratic ballot doing anything but pulling a Democratic ballot. And, and just quickly, uh, just gentlemen, and you you, mm-hmm. you noted it uh, just quietly off off mic mm-hmm. here, is, is that the, the uh, GOP opponents uh, need to be swapped. I accidentally put them under the wrong individuals uh, as it should be uh, Mr. McMahon should be uh, uh, Jay McMahon should be the one who's running for Attorney General unopposed uh, for the the GOP in the primary and then uh, of course uh, Anthony Amore for Jared made that note right away Kevin he he caught you right away and said oh I did (laughs) it's all good and I was just going to let it roll but Kevin decided to point his mistake (laughs) out on the air (laughs) I was just letting it roll cut me I bleed I'm human it happens (laughs) I apologize Um, but I want to get into the you know the the Democratic side for the uh, Lieutenant Governor I mean I feel that we got Tammy Govea, who seems like a good candidate. Eric Lesser, I haven't heard a lot about. Kim Trisk, I feel like, is like a rock star. Well, she is, and and I think they all really are. Again, the Democrats are fortunate to have a deep bench, uh, which we're excited about this year. Uh, you really can see it playing out here in the constitutional officers. Uh, Kim Driscoll, obviously the mayor of Salem, very well known. She did what you need to do uh, in an election statewide, and she played upon uh, that skill set, that background, that experience. She worked the mayoral network very well. She's made friends over the last uh, decade or so, and they came out and supported her. Um, Eric Lesser is interesting, though, and this gets to Jared's point about west of 495. Uh, He's exceedingly well-known there, Uh, a very uh, well-known figure in the Obama administration. In fact, I had people that went down to Washington, D.C. to meet with the president who then asked how his friend Eric Lesser was doing. Uh, So to discount the fact that he's known by former President Obama... uh, And uh, Emmy Award-winning... President, yes, absolutely. Won an Emmy. Yes, he I could make so many ironic Don't. comments about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to let it go. Well, I'm going to finish <laughs> the Democrats. Keep going. And then Tammy, uh, uh, <coughs> a longtime state rep, social worker. I think it's going to be harder for her. Uh, she just doesn't seem to have the lane. I think it really becomes a two-person race between Kim and Eric. And if I were to have to pick today, I think Kim is going to pull it out for the point that you started to talk about. Uh, she's become a bit of a rock star in the party. She's very well known. She's worked very hard. Yeah. Um, but it'll be a little bit closer, I think, than, than people might imagine. But I would say that Kim's likely to pull that one out. And the perfect reason why I asked these two gentlemen to come in here, because they, they understand the ABCs of what's going on here. They know the backgrounds of these individuals. Mm-hmm. Jared Min admitted being kind of a political nerd to a lot of this and shared a lot lot of the aspects in regards to uh, the two candidates on the GOP side and it goes without saying, the guy was a name like the Godfather. That he, he kind of <laughs> you know, and I'll, and I'll know Kevin. And this is this is not a. I mean, could be remote depending on some of these other races, but there is a chance, um, and not a remote one, that after November eighth, all six constitutional officers could be women as well. 
um, when you look at this slate of candidates, fantastic. Uh, um, certainly a, a, a change that's that could really hit the landscape of Massachusetts politics. Yeah, and put us on the national map where we belong. <clears throat> Massachusetts is the forerunner in so many so many items, so many issues. Uh, I think this would put us uh, uh, right at the forefront of maybe some talk shows and uh, some recognition nationwide. What other constitutional office would you want to look at? Would you want to want an attorney general? Oh, I want to would, talk about all of them. I, I know, why, but, but yeah. that's why what's invited next? Us. What's <laughs> next do you want to bite into? I mean, Yeah, well, just you've, you've got a great list here, which we appreciate. Uh, so let's go right down to attorney general. Uh, again, um, Quentin Palfrey had been on the ballot, a fairly well-known Surprise. candidate. Lieutenant uh, governor nominee four it, years yes, ago. Yes, <laughs> and had run statewide, uh, which is name recognition, mm-hmm. as Jared mentioned. But uh, we know that uh, Shannon Lizard has thrown a significant amount of her own personal uh, finances at the race. Uh, and you've seen her on TV now for weeks. Sure. Uh, which was smart on her part. Uh, but Andrea Campbell, I think, has really done a fantastic job uh, over the last two months uh, of getting out and, and focusing on retail politics. And people forget that that's where these races are won. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a candidate as, as much as I've seen Maura Healy first uh, and then Andrea Campbell. And as the Plymouth County Treasurer, what I love is they've been here in Plymouth County mm-hmm. quite a bit. I've had the chance to go to many events with both of them. Uh, I've seen them at work. I've seen their retail politics. They get the issues we care about here in Plymouth County. They get that we don't want Holtec dumping into the bay. Mm. Uh, they get that we need to support small business. So I, I think uh, Andrea Campbell is, is going to pull this one out. Uh, I think she's got a lot of support. Uh, but that's what we love Election Day for because you know when we're going to know? Uh, at 8 p.m. tomorrow yeah. afternoon, well, tomorrow well, evening. Well, like 10 p.m. <laughs> well, you know, we'll a credit, later. and credit to those, those I mean, they're coming into Plymouth County, which is the most Republican county in Massachusetts. Sure. Now, of course, that's like saying you're the skinniest sumo wrestler. I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's it's a it's a nice thing to say, but like, is it really true? I mean, look, I think on our side, you know, Jay Jay McMahon ran for this eight years ago. Um, he has a great story. You know, loss of child to the opioid epidemic, and I think that um, has he learned a lesson though? Do, do you feel that he is retooled and will be able to take on whether it's going to be Campbell or Lisrian? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's hard, especially as. Tom just alluded to Liz Reed and I think has spent five million dollars of her own money in she's television. Char- she's coming. She's. I mean, I right. feel like she's she's closing the gap. She is, and there's been a lot of outside money coming in on all these races. What I will note on the Democrat side with with Miss Campbell and Liz Reed, and and I'll tangent real quick. Another reason why I'll never early vote, Mr. Palfrey drop, dropping out. I mean, how many people voted for him? I think we speculated on my program, maybe 20,000 or so people probably voted Wednesday. for him. I heard that Wednesday. I heard the you know, few that did. Who? He was roughly polling at 10%. I think 200,000 Democrat ballots had already been cast by that point. So another reason not to. It's interesting to watch the amount of money that's coming in. But oddly for me, and Tom can delve into a little bit more, the, the, the sort of the split, right? I believe... Elizabeth Warren and Michelle Wu are with Shannon Liss Reardon. Right. You have Mara Healy and a couple of others with Andrea Campbell. That the attorney general's race, particularly on the Democrat side, seems to have lined up. You know, a lot of times these things in both parties, like they fit neatly, right? Like you expect this person to be with that one or that person. Like the attorney general's race. And Tom can correct me if I'm wrong in this speculation. I'm leading him with this, but yeah. it sort of feels like a bowl of spaghetti. It's like. People are where you wouldn't expect them to be or doing what you wouldn't expect them to do. Well, I'm, I, and that's why I'm so excited about this, because you're absolutely right. Uh, there's been a little bit of a, a mosh pit, if you will, or a, a, a mashup. 
uh, of people supporting the candidates yeah. that have worked hard to get their endorsements. Um, it, I wanted to touch base briefly about early voting because it's, you brought that up. It's interesting because when I was in the State House, it was something that came up, and I originally had been opposed to the concept of early voting. In fact, I teased with my dear friend, uh, Representative Cutler, who said, Tom, we've really got to make sure people have an opportunity to vote. And as I saw what happened over the last uh, four to eight years, he was absolutely correct. Uh, I, I've pivoted. I understand and appreciate early voting. And I, and I don't discourage people from early voting. I think in this instance with where you mentioned Quentin Palfrey, that, that is on the candidate. The candidate needs to know when voting happens and needs to really make that decision earlier. I want to jump on the, the, the thing you yeah. talk about endorsements. How important are endorsements? Does the, the common average Joe care about who is endorsing who? I think, I think what they do is they begin to line them up. And so it might not just be one endorsement, but it's the amalgamation of all of the endorsements mm. that begin to matter. And I, and I point out that Jared, uh, who, while we understand is a bit of a policy wonk, he can tell you who's endorsed each of these candidates. Yeah. So it begins to matter. Maybe not one endorsement, but once you ratchet up a number of endorsements, they do begin to have an effect. They do begin to, to have an impact. And if you look at the websites of the candidates, they're listing all these endorsements. Right. So they know it makes a difference, too, especially if you're very fond of a particular state rep. Mm-hmm or a state senator or a county commissioner, and you say, look who that person's endorsing, that might give me some direction as to how I might want to vote. Well, and I think not to fall back to the governor's race real quick, but I think that's what's helping Chris Doty's surge is he's received the endorsement of a handful of Republican legislators. And to Tom's point, a lot of these folks, and we did this on my program a few weeks ago too, there isn't a lot of name ID for any of, any of these people, Republican or Democrat. So what helps them is when they see their local state rep, um, I mean, I'll use I'll use an example. Uh, Representative Lenny Mayer, who's on the North Shore, endorsed Chris Doty for governor. People in his district may not know who Chris Doty's, but they know who Lenny Mayer is. I know when I ran, I was grateful to have the endorsement of every elected uh, Republican in Plymouth County. And what that meant was I was able to have a picture with them. They said a nice thing about me, and I was able to penetrate their voting blocks with with them. It's about it's about building that name ID and using the built-in name ID that an elected official who's already won a race has. And I think that's why these endorsements matter so much. There are a lot of folks out there who really love and admire Elizabeth Warren. I don't know who they are. I'm yet to meet them, but I know they're out there. There are there. obviously a lot of them. They're right. There are. 60% worth of the <laughs> state in 2018. Still in office. But that said, when she endorses someone, people that, that look to her for her thoughtful leadership and guidance, again, I certainly don't, um, but for those who do, Bravo. that's going to help well, on your get point, the votes there. It matters, too, the more down-ballot you go. That, too. Of right? course. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say that. Follow up on that. You know, people know who they're going to vote for for of governor. Course. Right. Uh, and they probably know who they're going to vote for for lieutenant governor. They may even actually uh, have already decided about attorney general, but what am I going to do for the auditor's race or something else? That's, again, where an endorsement may help give you some direction. The last thing I do want to jump in and say, though, with early voting, you know, I... I believe in election day, not election season. Um, I think there there's going to be a compromise. From my understanding, from a handful of clerks I spoke to last week, no, but not a lot of people took advantage of it. I mean, the Saturday of early voting was a dozen people showing up. It's an unfunded liability on the towns. I'm hopeful that the legislature and the secretary of state might look, create a provision of no excuse absentee voting, and then folks actually would have a greater availability. I mean, absentee balloting is usually available sooner than early voting instead of forcing communities to pay staff to be there at certain times on weekends. Yep. Uh, I think that th- that needs to be a compromise. I think it made sense during 
COVID when you had to spread out, you didn't want to be in crowds. I think as we go through more and more election cycles and less and less folks tend to take advantage of it, it does not seem like a lot of folks, It may or maybe you scrap it for the primary. We'll see what it looks like for the general. But I think ultimately there might be a relooking at early voting. And I'll just, the last quick thing I'll add, I know that Quentin Palfrey is the latest example, but go back to the 2020 Democratic primary, Super Tuesday, a handful of people in Massachusetts voted for Amy Klobuchar, Mayor Pete, and a handful of other Democrat candidates that dropped out literally, what, the Saturday, the Sunday before the Tuesday election. So for me, I mean, I think if you're going to early vote, you better make sure your candidate's going to be there actually so actively running it's come election day. right it would be embarrassing yeah. though that you wasted a ballot on somebody right. who decided to pull up stakes and say you know I'll retreat right you know well, four years and try well, at again. this point and, and that's why I, I really enjoy spending time uh, here on this show and talking with Jared too because you know there are differing ideas and, and different concepts I think we all agree you want people to be able to vote yeah. Right, whatever makes it easier for people to vote, Absolutely. It, it vote is what we need to do. And another idea that's been bandied out that I support now would be a national holiday on uh, an election. That would just uh, be holidays for government employees. <laughs> well, I think you need to give people the chance to vote. Not everybody can can vote during that time frame. So whatever it takes, we need to make sure people can vote. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, we'll continue to tick down our lists. And if anybody calls in who might be a candidate for uh, who's on the ballot tomorrow. We'll give them a couple of moments to, to chat about their campaign and, you know, share again their message before the folks head out to the polls in the morning. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. Each year, about one out of two men and one out of three women will develop cancer. But there's good news. Today's cancer survival odds are much better than two or even three years ago. Things move that fast. So if you're diagnosed, be sure to have someone in your corner who is on top of all the latest cancer treatments and techniques, the latest research, the newest equipment, all the newest medicines available through clinical trials. And speaking of corners, here's more good news. Advanced cancer care is now just around the corner. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare treats patients locally with all oncology services and specialties conveniently housed under one roof. The center is affiliated with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, so you'll be seen by Harvard medical faculty physicians and oncologists. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare, in affiliation with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Cancer has just met its match. Find out why at mysignaturecare.org slash cancercare. Don't miss out on the free Health and Lifestyle Expo created specifically for South Shore seniors. Join the 28th Annual Senior Celebration at Lombardo's in Randolph. Hear hits from J.D., Billy, and Ken, Boston's original oldies band. Take part in raffles, giveaways, health screenings, and educational seminars. Meet with dozens of vendors and learn about products and services designed for today's seniors. The 28th Annual Senior Celebration is free and open to the public Wednesday, October 12th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. For more details, to exhibit or sponsor, visit SouthShoreSenior.com. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, we are back. And I, I, I believe that we may have, do we have a call? Yeah, Chris Doty. Oh, we have Chris Doty on the line. He is uh, a Republican on the uh, gubernatorial candidate. Chris, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Kevin. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey, this is, you got a, mo- a couple of moments just to kind of, you know what, reaffirm your message to the voters and why, you know, the folks here on the South Shore should get out and, should get out and vote for Doty. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, people have gotten to know me over time, but just as a reminder, I uh, arrived in Massachusetts in 1987, lived in Boston and Cambridge, ended up in Rentham, where my wife Leslie and I, we raised six children, and we're now grandparents of four. I bought into a small manufacturing company in the early 90s, grew it to about 600 employees with factories around the U.S. and one in Mexico that makes uh, metal parts for the auto industry and the the big truck industry and the tractor industry and appliance and not a career politician, but um, I have a a, uh, God-given skill to solve complex problems and I'm asking the citizens of Massachusetts to hire me, solve three really specific problems that need to be dealt with. One is the affordability problem in Massachusetts. It's just too expensive to live here. Almost everything that you and I buy in Massachusetts is more expensive than 90% of America housing, transportation, even groceries, medical, you name it, and it's too expensive, and that's making it hard to live here for young families and senior citizens and for for working families. The second problem I really want to fix is the overspending and the overtaxation. I want to start lowering taxes on day one to catch up with the rest of America. 30 states have already started lowering taxes because of the high inflation. In our great state, we haven't done any yet. If you can believe it, not a single tax cut. And so on day one, I want to start putting put it forward tax decreases. And lastly, Kevin, I just want to keep a balance in the state house. If we if we lose the corner office and the governor's office this election, we will have one party monopoly in the legislature and every constitutional office and the executive branch. And it's the miracle of our state that we've had a balance for thirty years and the, we're on the cusp of losing it. And so I'm hoping I can convince everyone to come out tomorrow and cast a ballot for myself, Chris Doty, and my running mate, Kate Campanelli. And it matters. It matters a great deal if you think about how we've uh, progressed as our state by having a balance in the state house, and, you know, where we'd be if we hadn't kept that balance for the last 30 years. Uh, Jared, going to ask a quick question. we got uh, Chris Dempsey on the line. Okay. So, Will, let's let, uh, finish up and ask uh, Mr. Doty one last question. So, uh, Chris, I'll ask you this uh, question. It's the same question I might ask the next caller, uh, Plymouth County Commissioner Jared Valenzuela. And I'm here with uh, – it was great to see you at St. Anthony's Feast last weekend, by the way, too, uh, one of my yes. favorite events. And I'm here with Plymouth County Treasurer, so I'm going to ask – I'm going to try and lead you to the correct answer here. But <laughs> would you support keeping Plymouth County government intact? I, I, I absolutely do. There we go. Do you hear that, Christine, if she's still here? <laughs> uh, Chris, I was going to text you tomorrow, but uh, just the best of luck in the race. Uh, certainly, it's always great to have options, and um, your candidacy and, and Kate's candidacy uh, we're certainly grateful for, and, and I wish you uh, both the very best of luck tomorrow. Thanks. Appreciate it. And our website chris4ma.com if anyone would like to know more. Thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate it. Okay, take care, guys. You Bye-bye. got it. Right, so we shift gears and we'll go from uh, one Chris to another. So we have Mr. Dempsey was on the line uh, as he is a candidate. It's oddly enough, we were going to talk about this particular race when we got back. And again, if you're just tuning in, you get Jared Valenzuela, Plymouth County Commissioner, Plymouth County Treasurer, Tom O'Brien. You told me not to call him Thomas. <laughs> Tom O'Brien. Chris, welcome, uh, welcome back to the show, Chris. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. L- listen, I got to tell you, definitely was big fan of your pipes. 
<laughs> your voice. You, they you get... have a voice for radio, which is a great <laughs> voice. When, it's when they Let's say I'm for Kevin. radio Go that easy. I'm not so complimented. Go easy, Jared. <laughs> uh, so if you would, uh, we're giving candidates who want to call in a couple of moments, just kind of talk about, you know, whatever the mission statement is, whatever you got that last word that you want to deliver to Ked, to those out heading out to the polls tomorrow, uh, what would you like to say to them? I'm Chris Dempsey. I'm running to be your next state auditor in the Democratic primary. This is an important watchdog role. It's the chief accountability officer in state government. And in my career, I've made state government work better, and I've stood up to protect the public interest. And that's essentially what this job does. I was assistant secretary of transportation for Governor Deval Patrick, where I actually made the MBTA an innovative place by creating the smartphone apps that tell you in real time where your bus or train will arrive. And I worked outside of state government to protect taxpayers as the co-founder of the grassroots group No Boston Olympics, which got outspent 1,500 to 1, but was successful because we had the facts and the data on our side. We put them in front of the people of Massachusetts, and that's what this state auditor job is all about. I want to line things up for, for Tom O'Brien. Tom, would you like to uh, ask something of uh, Mr. Dempsey super quick? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Chris, thanks for being on. In full disclosure, uh, I've endorsed Chris uh, for auditor. Uh, I think that he is the perfect candidate for a very important job. Uh, Chris, what do you think your number one uh, task is going to be uh, if elected? Well, Tom, first of all, I'm grateful for the support and the endorsement, and thank you again for that. There's a lot of work to do in this role. We were the first campaign in this race to put out a policy plan about what we actually wanted to do in the office. And the very first one was on oversight of the $5.3 billion in federal ARPA spending. That's really important money. We can only spend it once. We have to make sure we're spending it well. And I'm proposing to track those dollars in real time so that we can make sure that if they're not being spent well, we can redirect those funds to places where they can allow us to build a commonwealth that's more effective, that's more fair, and where those dollars are treated with the respect that they deserve. So, Mr. Dempsey, I thought Treasurer O'Brien was going to ask the question. I just asked Mr. Doty, so if you're on hold, you already know what it's going to be, and you already know the right answer. But Plymouth County Commissioner Jared Valenzuela here. Uh, first of all, thank you for running. I know it's not easy. Uh, but Plymouth County government, would you keep it or eliminate it? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd keep it, and I respect all thank levels you. of government. <laughs> I, I've served as a Brookline Town meeting member in my hometown for the last 10 years and as the chair of the Transportation Board. I promise you that that is not a glamorous position. That's one that's all about rolling up your sleeves to make sure that local government works better. And we've done that uh, at the local level. I respect anyone that puts themselves forward. County government certainly has an important role to play in making sure that services are provided to people at the regional level. So we need more people in state government that understand the importance of local and county government, and I'm one of those people. Well, we want to thank you. If folks want to find out more about your campaign, uh, how can they do that? Best place to go is our website, which is DempseyForAuditor.com. If you go there, you can learn about the many people and organizations that have endorsed my campaign, including incumbent state auditor Suzanne Bump, who is, of course, a South Shore native, as well as the Boston Globe, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu. Yep. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, and Senate President Karen Spilka. And look, I'm running against a sitting state senator, but more women senators have endorsed me in this race than my opponent, including the Senate President Karen Spilka. So we're, the people that know the two candidates the best in this race are on my side, and I hope voters will join them. And Chris, Tom O'Brien, again, just congratulations on your wedding as well. I was impressed you managed to do that during a campaign, too. 
we pulled it off, and of course, it was on the South Shore. We got married in Hull two weeks after the convention, uh, right on the water on Green Hill there. Um, uh, it's the best endorsement anyone could ask for, uh, is to have the endorsement of someone, my wife, Anna, in this case, who's willing to spend the rest of her life with me. She's sacrificed immensely on this campaign trail, and I owe it all to her that we've had the success that we've had. So I'm a very, very lucky guy. Well, again, best of luck tomorrow. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Appreciate you being on. And again, I'm Chris Dempsey, and I ask for your vote. Again, you are tuned into Monday Night Talk. Uh, joining me is uh, Tom O'Brien and Jared Valenzo. Let's let's kind of get right into this particular race. Uh, uh, Chris Dempsey and uh, Diana DiZaglio, uh, Senator DiZaglio. Yeah, again, another race that I think is, is going to come down to the wire a bit. Uh, they both worked very hard and have been campaigning uh, actively for... Uh, almost a full year now uh, and out there. Um, both sides have their support. I think that Chris is ultimately going to pull it out. As I mentioned earlier, full disclosure, I've endorsed Chris. Uh, I think he's the right uh, person for the job right now. Uh, but again, until uh, all the ballots are cast, we're not going to really know. But uh, he's worked out. I think he's going to pull it out at the end. I like the revenge tour. Yeah, with the, with the uh, asking about uh, about Plymouth County government, I like that every answer has been correct. Well, you know, it's interesting. Just to well, like they're going to tell you otherwise, right? Well, I am leading of, them to the right well, answer, I'm but not, I think they're both sincere in their answers. I, I really do. I absolutely do, and I and I like the fact that Chris is talking about the ARPA money because one of the things the county has done yeah. better than anybody else in the New England is manage cares and ARPA right. money. And you've heard that we've received national recognition, uh, we've received uh, statewide recognition. But I think other areas haven't managed it as well, so it's important that the yeah. money gets gets audited and tracked. Just from the outside perspective for me on the Democrat side, I mean, Anthony Amore is our presumptive nominee on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. He, he ran for Secretary of State. Uh, he's a highly qualified candidate, uh, someone who has done investigations and done audits his entire career. Uh, I think certainly uh, the Republican Party has a very unique opportunity in that race to potentially uh, pick that seat up in an, in an open seat scenario which which it will be I, I i will note it's interesting to me um as it relates to senator Zoglio, i've often quipped that i commiserate with her as someone who was also you know a little not handled so uh kindly by some of the beacon hill establishment but i think it is worth noting and mr dempsey did just note it um if you can't get the endorsements of people who serve with you currently um and, you know, Mr. Doty has more endorsements than former Reb Deal, too, by legislators who served with Jeff. So I think that says a lot. And, and it's not just in a party thing. Senator DeSoglio has half the Senate um, endorsing against her and has more women senators supporting her. Um, I think it's certainly going to be Chris Dempsey's to lose. But Senator DeSoglio has a lot of labor support. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think that race really does pit a couple of interesting uh, blocks of Democrat voters against each other. And that one, I think, will be a really interesting uh, result to see just how much strength organized labor has in a statewide Democrat primary versus the uh, the folks that Mr. Dempsey has. So uh, I believe joining us on the phone line right now, we have uh, State Senator Patrick O'Connor joining us. Uh, Senator, welcome back to Monday Night Talk, sir. Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? So I think the first thing we, we want to ask you is, is that how are you feeling at this hour and are you ready for tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, we feel really confident. Uh, the uh, the next, um, you know, sort of 24 hours is, is always uh, an interesting time, but we have a great get-out-the-vote operation. We'll have people braving the weather and holding signs. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad uh, out there. And um, and then after that, at, at 7.30 uh, tomorrow evening, 
I invite all the listeners of Monday Night Talk to come by Grill 151 at 151 Main Street in Weymouth uh, for our election night party. Um, there'll hopefully be a couple surprises um, of, of people that will be attending there, and I think it'll be a really good time. So, you know, I was going to ask you the same question I've asked the other candidate, Senator O'Connor, but I'm actually going to pass on this opportunity. Because he's already answered it. He has already answered it, and I just figured I'd pass on the question. But certainly a great supporter of county government, uh, and we appreciate that. Um, so I, I, I don't know if Treasurer O'Brien has a, another question he wants to ask, but, um, but certainly you've run a fantastic campaign, and uh, I think that you've absolutely demonstrated that the um, – Republican primary voters in the first Plymouth and Norfolk district certainly need to return you to another term, and I think Treasurer O'Brien wants to uh, add to that. I, I do, and uh, Senator, great to chat with you. Thank you for calling in. I just wanted to add my voice to uh, to the chorus of people who know how hard you work on behalf of your district. I, for one, have appreciated your support of our uh, CARES Act program and our ARPA program uh, and the things that we all collectively try to do for our constituents. Uh, you are there at every step of the way and uh, uh, just continue to, to work very hard for your constituents, and we appreciate that. No, and, and I appreciate you guys and, and everything that you do, and, and Kevin, you being able to educate and get a lot of information out to people uh, through the airways every Monday night. Um, you know, I, I really, I love this job, and I think that the, you know, what's happening at a national level kind of drowns out some of the really good stuff that's happening in our communities uh, with government working hand in hand uh, together collaboratively or reaching across the aisle and making sure that our communities are, are, are better off than when we found them. And I think that that's been the message that we've been delivering to voters, and it's been resonating uh, because they see the work that we're all collectively doing in our communities uh, becoming um, a really, uh, uh, the social becoming, in my opinion, one of the best places to live in the entire country. Well, if folks want to find out more about your campaign, follow you, uh, uh, you know, uh, throughout the day tomorrow, how can they do that? Sure. We'll be uh, crisscross of the district at every single one of the polling locations. So if you're at the polling location, we'll, we'll see at some point in time. We're going to bring coffee and breakfast sandwiches in the morning and lunch during the afternoon. And then uh, after that, uh, Grill 151 in Weymouth at 730. We have appetizers starting at 8 o'clock right when the polls close. I think it's going to be a really good time. Um, we're really looking forward to having a, a nice party uh, to thank everyone for all the hard work that they've done and contributed to this campaign. Excellent. Well, we again, we thank you for calling in and at least sharing a, a, la a few last-minute words mm -hmm. with the voters out there on the South Shore. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of the night. Thanks, Bye. Pat. And I know there's another quick one on the line, but I do just want to throw in there for a thir 10 seconds. If you have not had a chance to listen to Senator O'Connor's primary debate, um, you know, look, it's hard to run for office. I thank everybody that's calling in for running, but uh, there were a lot of opportunities. There, there was... The, the gap between both candidates couldn't be wider, and Senator O'Connor has a, a fantastic grasp on the issues, constituents. Sure. I worked with him in the State House, so that I should have given that disclosure, but uh, the gap couldn't be wider. Check out that debate on 959WATD.com if you want to hear more. Yeah, I also want to say I believe that we might have had uh, a video that day as well. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not sure. Yep, exactly. on Marshfield Television. Yeah, Marshfield was local here, television. They yeah. they covered it as well. They so did. you have, you, not to defer them from listening, yes. if you want to tune into your podcast on your way to work tomorrow yeah. in the morning, you can do that, or if you want, you're at home, come yeah. to your home right now. You can you can watch it. Probably go to YouTube and watch it. And Absolutely. I believe we're going to switch gears. And I believe uh, we have candidate for auditor Diana Desaglio, another state, state senator, senator nice. joining us. Senator, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Hey, great to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation to come on and to chat a little bit before the big day. We all very much appreciate it as candidates. Uh, how are you feeling? And you know what? What is? Do you need to get a last minute word out to your candidates uh, to, to the folks? 
as a candidate uh, about your campaign and you know what it means to you to to be running for uh, for auditor. Yes, absolutely. So thanks again for the opportunity. My name, for those who are listening at home, uh, is Diane, or driving in your car, wherever you are, uh, is Diana DiZoglio. I'm a current state senator running for state auditor uh, because I believe that working families like ours deserve access to and accountability from our state leaders and our state agencies, regardless of our family background, our bank balance, or our zip code. I was born to a teen mom, grew up housing insecure, ended up waitressing and cleaning houses to pay my way through community college, ended up earning scholarships after that to become the first in my family to graduate and uh, understand that without the investments of others, I would not have had the opportunities that I did. So I know how important it is that we as working families uh, have our tax dollars protected uh, because every wasted dollar is another child's future opportunity put at risk. But also we work hard for our tax dollars and we need to make sure that our tax dollars are not being spent inappropriately so and that they're actually going towards the programs that they're supposed to be going to, making sure they're coming back to our local communities. Uh, so I've been working in the state legislature now for 10 years. I have the most independent record uh, in the state Senate. I have been standing up and speaking truth to power up on Beacon Hill, uh, regardless of party affiliation. I think it's important that our next state auditor be able to stand up on behalf of working families when she is conducting those important audits, those important investigations, to make sure that she's able to be that independent voice that taxpayers uh, deserve. And that's the voice that I've been for the last 10 years, and I'm looking to take that work to the next level and to be able to effectuate many of the changes I've been calling for, uh, auditing the abuse of your tax dollars that goes to fund NDAs that hide harassment and discrimination across state government, making sure that we're conducting a safety audit of the MBTA, which desperately needs an audit, and making sure to audit the legislature. As somebody that's been a member of the legislature on the Democratic side for the last 10 years, I can tell you that the legislature is in desperate need of an audit and should not be above the law and should receive the same audits that other state agencies receive. So we have a lot of work to do regarding increasing transparency and increasing accountability up on Beacon Hill where we continue in Massachusetts uh, for as forward thinking as residents are, our state government actually continues to be ranked by almost every good government group as the least transparent and the least accessible state government in the entire nation. We're not subject to public records laws, committee votes are not made public, and power is centralized in the hands of the few. So we have a lot of work to do, and I am planning on using the Office of the State Auditor to open up state government to everyone so that everyday workers, families like ours, have access to what's going on in Beacon Hill. If folks want to find out where you're going to be tomorrow, uh, you know, in and around the Commonwealth, if they want to, you know, uh, learn more about you at this late hour, how can they do that? You can go to www.diana4ma.com. My website has all the information you need to find out more about me. Uh, and I do respectfully ask for your support. I ask for your vote tomorrow when you go to vote. If you're pulling a Democratic ballot, I ask for your support. I will be on that Democratic ballot. And again, it's diana4ma.com. And my name is Diana DiZoglio, current state senator, running to be your next state auditor. I can't do this without you. Uh, and if you forget the name, because it is a challenging one, just remember the Italian woman from the Thuin on the ballot. That's <laughs> kind of the way you can remember. Bravo. Uh, it is a challenging name, so I appreciate it. But you don't need to be able to say it. You just need to be able to recognize it on the ballot, so I'll take it. Mark that ballot. Well, listen, we want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your, your busy schedule to call it. 
now. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It's great to be back on WATD. I'll see you soon or talk to you soon. Thanks so much, everyone. Yep, Thanks, you. Senator. Senator Diana Desaglia. Loved being on. That's that's a soundbite. You put that on the on the on the opening. You should. You should. No, you're good. I don't have as I don't have the breadth of guests that you've had to have such a nice. Well, I listened montage. to that opening. It's amazing. It's great. I was a little disappointed I, I, there were no county officials in that opening, but that's all right. It, well, we got to say something with like if it's Monday night, it's got to be Kevin Tachi. And who wouldn't listen to Kevin Tachi on Monday night? Right there, you go. You have minted yourself <laughs> a, a sound cut. We're in. All right, so we're going to uh, go to our next caller. And do we actually have, joining us right now, candidate for attorney general, uh, we have An- Andrea Campbell. Uh, Ms. Campbell, welcome to Monday Night Talk. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, if, if folks don't know by now, tell us a little bit about your campaign. How have things been out on the campaign trail for you? Working really hard. Obviously, uh, really honored to be a candidate for attorney general in this moment in time as folks are struggling across the Commonwealth. I've been expressing just how special this office is to help folks with housing, economic prosperity, you name it. Um, And so we are getting out here, crisscrossing the state, building a people-powered grassroots campaign. I'm proud to have the endorsement of our current AG, Maura Healy. But even with that, I'm not taking anything for granted. So I've been getting out here to talk about the distinctions between me and my opponent, which are significant. And the fact that, frankly, I'm working to earn the support of voters all across the state. My opponent, as of today, has spent close to $10 million of her own money in an effort to try to buy this election. My entire life, I've fought for everything I had. Um, All of my biological parents are deceased. All of my biological grandparents are deceased. My twin brother would die in a prison setting when he was only 29 years old, 10 years ago. I'm the first in my family to go to college, the first in my family to go to law school, and I've dedicated my life to giving back to others. And so I'm working really hard to earn the support of voters and really happy to be on with you tonight. Uh, actually, we have uh, Plymouth County uh, Treasurer Tom O'Brien with us as well as Jared Valenzuela. Tom actually has a quick question for you. Hello, Andrea. And a matter of full disclosure, I've also endorsed uh, Andrea uh, Campbell. I think she will do a fantastic job as her next attorney general. But, Andrea, one of the things I was most impressed about is the time you spent here in Plymouth County. I thought you might want to share with our listeners just quickly one or two of the things you learned uh, in your most recent trip. I know you've been here a lot, uh, but as you traveled around uh, the district with uh, a number of folks and, and what you heard from small businesses and others. Absolutely. One is, of course, continuing to take on corporate bad actors that are looking to pollute the bay, water, um, which is, of course, interrupting or potentially going to interrupt the the businesses um, that exist there. And so we obviously toured uh, Island Creek, Island Orsa Creek, and some other small businesses. And to stress that I would be an attorney general that will step up and always protect our residents and push back against corporate bad players and actors. Uh, we also talked about housing affordability, just how expensive, of course, it is to live in Massachusetts. Um, prices going up, anything you can think about in terms of the goods or prescription drugs you buy. Um, price gouging is a major issue. It's something the Attorney General's office can take on. Uh, one of the things that's been really important to me as well is actually bringing people together across our various counties um, and being really intentional, I'll name it, of getting outside of Boston. We're such a Boston-centric state, but showing up in other communities, other counties, including Plymouth County, um, not just showing up, but doing the work, listening to the folks on the ground and responding appropriately with all the tools of the office. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us. If folks want to find out more about your campaign, how can they do that? 
they can visit andreacampbell.org. Everything is on there. Again, andreacampbell.org. We are getting out here and reminding folks, of course, to get out and vote tomorrow. I hope to earn the vote of residents uh, in this state. Let me tell you, every vote counts. Um, when you have an opponent who's spending close to $10 million of their own money and trying to buy the election, we really want our folks to turn out to really demonstrate what a people-powered uh, campaign looks like and to remind folks I will always be accountable to the people. So thank you all for having me on tonight. I really appreciate it. And we would love to have you back on if you are successful tomorrow. We'd love to have you back on to kind of talk about, you know, the general election. Absolutely. So right. we have close to about 24 hours to get there. But thank you again for giving us the platform. You got luck, Counselor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dre Campbell. I, I, so, so I tell you, if I had $10 million to spend on something, there's been a beautiful Winnipesaukee Lakefront home for sale. <laughs> I think that I might end up there. So I'm going to give each of you, we got we got less than four minutes left yes. here, give each of you kind of a synopsis of something maybe we haven't touched upon. You want to at least take a moment or two, and I mean a moment or two to kind yes. of touch upon. Um, who wants to go first? All right, Jared, you go first. <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just go quick, Kevin. Um, certainly your first guest, um, my chairman of the uh, Plymouth Board of Plymouth County Commissioner, Sandra Wright, did a great job, and certainly I supported. The only thing I wanted to say was I was really disappointed by some of the content that came from the prospective Democrat candidates, and I don't say that because they're Democrats. Um, Treasurer O'Brien and I, as has Commissioner Hanley and I, have struck up a fantastic working relationship in the last year and a half, and Register Buckley. Um, so this isn't a partisan thing, but as I was saying on my program last week, and I'll echo it again today, I don't mind policy disagreements, but I don't appreciate being lied about, and I don't appreciate misinformation. So a couple of things that I really do feel I need to correct uh, as it relates to the Democrat candidates, Alex Bazanton and Carlos De Silva. It was inferred that we violated open meeting law and mass general laws as it relates to a potential project in Plymouth. That is a blatant lie. It is inferred that we don't have a consistent meeting schedule. That is a blatant lie. One of the things that Chairman Wright, myself, and Commissioner Hanley set to do in this term was to standardize our meeting schedule. It's every other Thursday based on our payroll schedule at 5.30 p.m. You can set your watch and calendar to it. Sometimes we have special meetings. And as it relates to our constituents, Mr. De Silva claims we don't listen to them. I've been listening to a lot of constituents in Plymouth. I've had a lot of phone calls with them. But you know what? I've had a lot of phone calls with the other 500,000 or so residents that live in this county as well. And I think they both would do wise to actually focus on what they want to do and be positive about it instead of spreading lies and misinformation. Tom, last word. One of the races we didn't talk about, it's an important race, is Secretary of State. Yes. On the Democratic side of the ballot, there are two candidates. Bill pulling it out? <laughs> uh, I think he is going to. I really do. Hey, I hope people had a chance to watch him recently. You, you know, one of, the, one of the reasons he's been criticized is for being in office for so long. But the point he makes, and I think it's a very valid point, is we need somebody with experience right now more than ever in that position. Uh, he has done a fantastic job. He did a wonderful job through the pandemic. Think of how challenging that was. He led us through. We had no problems, no issues here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He is by far, uh, I think, the best candidate for Secretary of State. I want to thank both of you for being here this evening. Let's. You, would you gentlemen like to do this again on yeah, the love eve to. of uh, the general election, possibly? Uh, absolutely. Sure. We would We would love to be able to do that. Any time I get to spend some time with Commissioner Valenzuela is good time. And any time you get to spend with Treasurer O'Brien, especially talking politics, Sean, right. is always a great time. Well, especially here on Monday Night Talk with you, Kevin Tachi. Excellent. And I want to thank the folks for tuning in and everybody who had called in. Uh, get out and vote tomorrow. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., have yourself a good night.
FM Marshfield, WBMS Brockton.